Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode 24. I'm here with my dear friend, Eric Berkey, and we are going to answer your sex questions from the fifth and sixth Ask Lindsay videos. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm well. Yay. Yay. We were just talking about how much pain I am in from cross-country skiing, but other than that, fantastic. Nice. I have yet to go skiing, so I'm I'm feeling great <laughs> on the pain ski level. Good. I'm really glad that you're here because I enjoy talking to you in general, and, you know, sex is a subject I love, so let's do this. All right. Ready? Yeah, ready. Yeah. All right. Um, before we start, though, I want to give a shout-out to Laura Schuster, Donna Flint, Paul Nixon, and the Millers. They support Sexplanations podcast at the boss level, and so every episode we do a question in their honor. But since we're going to do all sorts of questions, this whole episode is in their honor. Perfect. Yeah. Here's to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, friends. First question. Referring to the dry humping video, so if you haven't seen it, I basically hump all sorts of things, but I'm using a phallus, this wooden toy, and I'm putting it in my armpit and behind my knee, and then talk about like, between the breasts and butt cheeks and the the neck, like if you turn your head so that the ear okay. is closer to the shoulder. And this person is wondering, since they're all male pleasure focused with a penis involved, what would vagina options be for dry humping? Like, how could a vulva get off dry humping? I'm just th throwing you right in yeah, there. Yeah, throwing right Good in luck. there. Well, I'll just have to think about my vulva, <laughs> which is pretty absent. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing that comes to mind right off the bat is any sort I mean, I'm just thinking of, like, vibrations and sound and yeah. uh, speakers and whatnot. Oh. Heavy bass. But that's... That dry humping a, speakers? That might be in a different realm. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have some music in there. Yeah. Going. Thighs, knees. Um, yeah, thighs. Knees. Like you can basically rub a vulva on all the same parts that yeah. you could rub penis on. Yeah. I mean, any sort of like, any sort of straddling, I think, is kind mm -hmm. of your position of choice there. Pelvis. Maybe. Pelvis, yeah. Face. I mean, even though that is kind of, those were male, you know, traditional male dominated areas or mm -hmm. dry humping there, it's still, I don't know, when I start thinking about it, it's still pretty synonymous. Yeah. To a female as well. I mean, anywhere you can find, you know, pleasure in just the dry humping or rubbing any of those excitable areas. Yeah. You'll be sitting pretty. <laughs> <laughs> High five from across the room. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Next question. Uh, how to get a woman. Oh, okay. How to get a woman. First is going to, there's just a little law of attraction there. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know. Man, that's a tough one. How do you get Story women, Story of my life. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've known each other since what? When we were 18? Yeah. We went so to we're... college together. We would hang out in each other's dorm rooms. You really liked the game Rummy or Pinochle? Which one was it? Uh, I mean, I like both of those games. but Aww. Yeah, how to get a woman. That's a pretty loaded question. Uh, true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like acquisition of a fish. And uh, I, I mean, I think initially, I mean, you got to go out, go out there, be honest with them or mm. just be presentable and be <laughs> try to not be super nervous or think about it too much. Kind of see what they what they like, you know, see what they like. Let them talk, you know, let them be put them in a position where they can be themselves around you. And Eric, then, that's so amazing. Once you once you do that, you know, you'll either 
you'll either want to be around him more or you want to get out of there. <laughs> but I think that's a good foundation for possible future. I'm I'm swooning right now. I love the idea of giving them space to be their full selves so that you can decide whether or not you want to continue being with them. And, and hopefully you're doing the same, right? Like how you said, yeah. you're presenting yourself, you're putting yourself out there. And so yeah. really it's just the math of... If you have your muchness and they have their muchness, are they still attracted to each other? Right, yeah, and that's that's a very idealistic, certainly easier said than done, but in my experience, I guess I, you're going to, if that natural existence is there and that natural harmony of both of you and their, in your respected selves are getting along, you're going to be much more natural and mm-hmm. harmonious mm-hmm. and just overall beautiful. Aww. <laughs> How do you pick up the ladies? This is not one of their questions, but yeah, I'm just curious. Um, what are your go-to pickup lines? I don't really have any go-to pickup lines, but, I mean, certainly you want to just make them laugh. Mm. Everybody loves laughing, and mm-hmm. if you can make people laugh, they're going to want to stick around you for a while. And that'll buy you some time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. What's your favorite joke? Oh, man. Have you Jokes are Mar- always hard to do on the spot like that. Do you know the Mario one? I do know the Mario one. Yeah. That's my go-to. For all you who don't know the Mario joke. <laughs> what kind of pants does Mario wear? Yeah. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Yep. I can't. Yeah. Jokes on the spot are yeah. really tricky. Who's your favorite comedian? Also difficult. Do you like Brian Regan? I don't know if I know who Brian Regan is. <gasps> oh. oh. Gasps in the room. I am going to introduce <laughs> you. He's so lovely. He's really clean. Yeah. So I've heard that the people in Utah really like him because okay. he doesn't swear. Makes sense. There's very little self-deprecation or shunning of other people. It's just funny. Yeah. I was, you know, my favorite comedians are, you know, like I like her comedy, I guess, is, you know, I'm not super into like raunchy mm-hmm. shock humor. No Jim Jeffries for you? Uh, not really. Yeah. You know, anything that's anything that can be clean and that's hilarious has such a larger staying power right. than something that just shocks you. Like, you know, yeah, everyone's going to look at a car accident if you drive by it, but mm-hmm. no one's like, man, let's all think about that car accident <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Keep the car intact and just yeah. make it beautiful. So a joke about a car that's just driving, it's funnier. Yeah. 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 All right. I don't know either jokes related to those two <laughs> situations, but... If you have one, let us know in I the will. comments. Have you read and do you have an opinion on Mary Roach's book, Bunk? Um, no, I have not read it. <laughs> so follow-up to that is unfortunately not. But we were talking about this earlier. We you think it should have a name change? I think it should. Yeah, I asked Lindsay what this book was about. And, and I, I said sex. Yeah, sex. <laughs> and I was like, they really should just name it Boink. <laughs> I feel would be a more appropriate title. I'm sorry for all of you who have read this book and know that I'm drastically wrong. (laughs) Same here. I I have yet to read the book, even though uh, I was initially asked this question four years ago. Moving on, I would love for you to go more in depth on the Harmful to Minors book idea. Um, So that's another book, which I have read, called Harmful to Minors. The premise is that there's one group that believes by providing comprehensive sex education, we are abusing our children. We're sexually abusing our children. Um, And this is in contrast to another group that really believes that by withholding that information 
or misinforming kids by saying that they'll get STIs from using condoms is harmful to minors. So this person says, what is appropriate and why? What information is missing and what does this do to them? How candid should we be? So basically, how candid should we be with kiddos about sexuality? About, yeah, sexuality. I mean, anytime you're with holding information from somebody, usually the outcome is not is, is not good. Mm-hmm. It has been my experience. And like a little background on myself, you know, my mom was an educator. She is an educator. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Your mom you know, teaches sex. Health, sex ed, all that. So, I mean, growing up, it was, I felt like I got a lot of exposure to it mm-hmm. and- you know, I could ask my mom, but I'm sure her, I don't even need to ask her, but, you know, her <laughs> approach, you know, she was informing me and, you know, it was very, very open. And, you know, I remember being a kid. I can't tell you how old I was, but I mean, I remember putting condoms on the garden hose and like blowing them up in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do you feel like it harmed you at all? No. Oh, see? Yeah, definitely not at all. Do you think that there are circumstances where that kind of education would be harmful to kiddos? You know, yeah, I mean, I, there's going to be a point where the maturity of the child or kid, mm-hmm. you know, there is a stage where it is probably too early. Mm-hmm. That's a tough judgment call. You know, it's all yeah. reality. It's a parent's call, I guess. But as a detrimental outcome, I mean, I think the only thing that would come to mind right now would be if by exposing them to that information or whatever that you're teaching them, that information leads to like wrongful experimentation, harmful, I guess not wrongful, harmful experimentation that would only happen when the children or, you know, the kids, the subjects mm-hmm. don't, don't realize like the full consequences that of those like experiments, I guess, or experimentation, mm-hmm. such as like STIs mm-hmm. or emotional distress or something. So finish the story is basically your yeah. thinking of like, yeah, if you're going to start it, at least explain the consequences and um, the comprehensive yeah. nature of what, repercussions uh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it would be a full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. I think the age appropriate thing is really interesting. Um, my advice has usually been that if the child is asking about it, then you can respond and right. to just do that with the language that they have or to give them a few new words, but you're not essentially putting them in front of a minute physics video. And like, okay, here's why this, the sky is blue. You're just doing the, the quick version that they could handle, you know, from their kindergarten teacher, something like that. Yeah, you're certainly more of an expert on it than I am. Well, Eric, send me your kids. All I'll, right. I'll help them out. No problem. You might be waiting a while. (laughs) (laughs) Forever. (laughs) What kind of eyeliner do you use? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right? Obviously, guy liner. (laughs) In what situation is it okay not to use a condom? Any situation where the parties are consenting to that. Oh, that's a brilliant answer. That's like the only answer. (laughs) You win. You win the sex education (laughs) life. Wow. Marsha. It's my mom. Smart lady. Yeah. I mean, she didn't tell me that, but she raised me. Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking along the lines of if you're willing to put yourself at risk for sexually transmitted infections or uh, pregnancy or phthalates and toys, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really not about that. It's about whether or not you consent to doing that and the other person does as well or people. Yeah, and that's ultimately what you should be weighing in your head. 
mm-hmm. at that point when mm-hmm. you're making that decision. I like it, Eric. I like it. You're empowering the people. Yeah. How important is protection in lesbian sex? Probably just as important anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I put, I think my original answer was it's as important as the lesbians you're protecting. Yeah, nice. That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. Do I really need to use a dental dam when hooking up or is it just super precautionary? Do you know what a dental dam is? I do know what a dental dam is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tell you I've never used one. You haven't? No. Oh. I'm old. <laughs> what do you mean you're old? Um, you know, <laughs> what does your age have anything to do with it? Well, by the time that I probably saw a dental dam, mm-hmm. you know, I was well-versed or beyond, <laughs> you know, protecting, your protecting face. my dental hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it probably is pretty important. Yes. <laughs> yes, friends. There is Not, no yeah, limit, no age to, limit to protecting your face. <laughs> Or the other person's body. But you haven't used them. Yeah, I haven't used them. And, you know, my my sexual activity now is, like, pretty monogamous. So mm-hmm. Low risk. Low risk, yeah. Certainly I would be thinking more about it and probably using one mm-hmm. if I was in a higher risk situation. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my partner or the people I were with were... Like, hey, put hey, that on me. Use this. And I would be like, all right, you know. What are the barriers to using it? For you, why aren't you like, hey, let's put this on there? Well, like I was saying now, you know, super low risk. Mm-hmm. You're all about getting up in there. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't need this barrier. I, yeah. Okay. I mean, in all reality, that's my reason for not using one. Alternate point of view for those of you listening. I think they're really great because they diffuse the, um, the sensation so it kind of moves it out across the whole vulva that's being covered by the dam and not just right where the tongue is lapping or the lips are or whatever. It goes across the whole thing. And I also think that for people who are self-conscious about their smell or taste or the other person's smell or taste, it's a really great way to put something in place so that you can still experience oral sex without those inhibitions. Boom. Also, yeah, um, that makes sense. Great for not spreading herpes. Yeah. And chlamydia and other All bugs that go things. mouth to genitals, genitals to mouth. Here's one for you. I'm only attracted to other girls, but recently I've realized that I want to kiss Harry Styles on the mouth. What does this mean? I mean, I'm taking it Harry Styles isn't gender female or whatever. Harry Styles <laughs> is one direction. Oh. Dreaming. But he's boy band. I don't yeah. know which one. That's how old we are. Mm-hmm. I know that he has a third and maybe fourth nipple. Sweet. I have three nipples too. Yeah. <laughs> so you're basically Harry Styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if someone is a girl, it sounds like, and is attracted to other girls, but recently realized that they want to kiss Harry Styles in the mouth, what's going on there? What does it mean? I mean, I think it just means that, I don't know, just to eat. Attraction and emotions and feelings are a hard thing to really pin down. It's hard to pin down your feelings. It's hard to tell other people why they're feeling what they are. But, you know, in that situation, I think you're just feeling another part of attraction. You know, like they were saying, historically, this person had been attracted to only females or other women. Mm-hmm. And now she's feeling a little bit tugged towards this Styles character. <laughs> <laughs> and... 
it's certainly not wrong or there doesn't mean like some yeah something's wrong or your attractions or you're switching what you're attracted to or anything it's just it could be a part of growth or anything you know yeah. emotional growth or the way you view the world now and the, what you value and what you see you know constantly changes as you're growing older or taking different viewpoints on life so the things that you're going to be attracted to are naturally going to change so wise and then you also, you know, there's also just like a physical primal attraction that doesn't have anything to do with your brain, <laughs> I guess. Yep. But I don't know. A lot of what attraction is, I think, is, you know, people are attracted to smart people, funny people, you know. Mm -hmm. Personalities. Personalities, yeah. yeah. So do you think there's going to be a time where we stop considering people's – and by we, I mean the whole population, right. population is just going to stop worrying about what what's between me. their crotch – and how they identify, and it's just going to be I am attracted to you or I'm not based on variables which have nothing to do with reproduction. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's – yeah, I think maybe – I think at some point that will be – that certainly will be a part of attraction initially, you know, and maybe that will change later when it, when it gets into what you were saying, reproductive or mm -hmm. any, you know, what's between their legs or mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah, I think there's – certainly going to be a time and some of that time may exist right now oh, for totally. some people you know yeah. yep where i'll just call it initial attraction mm -hmm. yeah it could be for anything those well and it personalities is because it is we usually don't know what's between yeah. someone's yeah yeah you don't know yeah and whether that person is assuming what's between their legs mm -hmm. and that's part of their attraction you know i feel like that probably happens quite a bit yeah, but yeah. if somebody you know to have attraction without an assumption like that I think will probably happen at some point. Certainly happens now. It happens now. For but people, we're, yeah. We're aiming for universal. Yeah. Yeah. My hypothesis is we're going to do external reproduction. So pod offspring sure. rather than internal. And that we will eventually pair up or or it, it will be a poly community. But that will be based on other factors than penis vagina, etc. Right. Oh, the future. Yep. Well, okay, so that kind of relates to the next question. How do you envision sexuality changing in the next 50, 100, 1,000 years? Um, yeah, 50 years, I think, is more, more uh, it's hard, more of an attainable thing to think about. Think about the last 50 years, though, how much. Right. I'll still be alive in 50 years. You think? Hope, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's possible. We're 35. Yep. I actually forgot how old I was the other day. Oh, are you sure you're going to make it yeah. another 50 years? Well, yeah. If I forget how old I am, of course I'll make it another 50 years. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thinking about the last 50 years, mm -hmm. how much has changed? Cell phones, internet. Just the availability of information. Yeah. In the next 50 years, you'd hope, and I think that there will be so much just more ex acceptance and... Um, I'll use the word like fluidity amongst people in, you know, their genders and mm -hmm. their sexual orientation or what, you know, whatever. And mainly amongst heteronormative people mm -hmm. and other cultures, you know, you, I would like to see an acceptance of like across the board, you know, yeah. I, I don't think in the next 50 years, I don't think in the next hundred years, it will just be one large planet of alphabet soup, you know? Right. 
But I think realistically and hopefully and things that I would strive for is just the acceptance and non-discrimination of pretty much everybody, but specifically to this question, you know, like any type of, you know, sexual orientation or transgender Mm -hmm. or any of those. Hot damn, Eric. Your answers are so thoughtful. I like them. Got to think. So I'm going to think maybe that can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. More education for all of you. Uh, This is what I wrote. Legal and respected companions, long textured, non-latex gloves, less body reconstruction and more language around man with a vulva, for instance, zero rape, higher quality candid sex education. And th- and then coming back to that idea that I don't even know if we'll be having sex in 50 years. Right. I, I envision these buttons yeah. in our necks where you can push them and you'll have an orgasm. Have you ever seen, it's a Woody Allen film where they have the orgasm ball that they pass around? No. Oh man, it's pretty good. Okay. Are you going to tell me any more about it? What is it called? Uh, I don't know what it's called. They pass the orgasm ball around. Yeah, it's, it's based in the future... This is not the one where he's a sperm, is it? No. Okay. Gosh, what is the name of this movie? Um, if anyone else, I'm sure you can just look it up yeah. by that, the orgasm ball. So that's how they're doing their orgasms, is that they're passing a I, physical object You know, around. I think there still is, you know, uh, traditional sex and whatnot involved. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's just to be kind of like a, from what I remember, it's just like a, almost like a party drug. Oh, like they, interesting. They pass it around. And in this scene that I'm describing, Woody Allen plays in this movie, and he is masquerading as a maybe like a robot butler or like a robot servant. Okay. And he has to pass the ball around to everybody. So he's getting a lot of doses from the orgasm ball. <laughs> but yes, remind me later about this, and we'll, okay. we'll source this out. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder what other takes there are in it. Okay, um, I've always been confused by terminology. Is transvestite the same as a drag queen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's, I hear your question loud and clear. <laughs> and I'm just going to say it's not. But. Right. Yeah, it's not. I don't know what the answer is. I know the answer is no, but I can't delineate between the difference between them. The way that I would describe it is that people who might identify as transvestite or have what um, the DSM used to call transvestic fetishism. Uh, I don't know the language right now. Mm. Is that they're doing it for sexual arousal, right? They're wearing the clothes of another sex or gender to turn themselves on. Whereas a drag king or queen or folk king or folk queen is doing that as a performance piece. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess I could have answered that. Their pleasure, <laughs> someone else's pleasure. Every time I so- tell someone I'm pansexual, they say, isn't that the same thing as being bisexual? I think they want us to, to elaborate delineate between, between the difference. The, yeah. You have thoughts there? Um, Do you know anyone who identifies as pan? Not off the top of my head, no. No. I mean, yes. I can take a guess at what it means. I'm not sure. So pan <laughs> is someone who does not... Dis, it doesn't matter really what the person's gender is in their sexual orientation. Uh, pan being all yeah. gender, you know, everything. Everyone is equal, mm-hmm. up for sexual attraction. Bi has typically referred to 
um, males and females, but because we're trying to move away from a binary system, people who identify as bisexual might instead refer to people of the same sex or people of another sex. Right. And so uh, they can be used interchangeably. Right. But yeah. it really depends on that person's preference. Yeah. So, yeah, like traditionally speaking, bisexual mm-hmm. would be just you're going between our, you know, whatever the world's male and female. Mm-hmm. Like, Heteronormative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Systems. Cisnormative, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of terms that I've had to remember and use correctly. Well, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And then pan is, you know, when you're all those lines get a little melded, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, your intersexed, your mm-hmm. yeah, trans, trans, non-binary, non-binary. And 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 bi now can Mm -hmm. also be uh, synonymous with pan in that it's referring to the two as in someone like you and someone unlike you. Okay, so next question. Are there sex toys for men? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There are. Yes. Uh, Any that you like in particular? Have you used any sex toys for men? You know, not not a ton. Mm -mm. Um, I would say none specific for men, you know. Uh, just, you know, in the bedroom or whatever, female specific sex toys aren't really female specific. You know, you're talking about vibrators yeah. or yeah. dildos or anything yeah. like that, you know, but certainly. Well, you're also, if you're playing with yeah. the person who has that toy that might be designed for their body, you are also playing with that toy. Right. So I guess to answer that question, or I can't remember which question you just are asked. Are there yeah. sex toys for men? Oh, yeah. And which ones do you like? What would you recommend? I think any sex toy that is going to be useful mm-hmm. or compatible or playable with, mm-hmm. you know, all parties involved are <laughs> the best ones. So if it's two men mm-hmm. playing with that whatever toy, and that, I mean, specifically mm-hmm. speaking, related to the question, you know, like, yeah, say a vibrator or a dildo mm-hmm. or, you know, like a I'm just going to call it a pocket pussy, but yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. know what else to call it. <laughs> I'm uh, sure there's some fee-fees, other Fifi's, artificial okay, vaginas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are much more sounding better. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tricky to name those because pussy and vagina both imply right. that it's that vaginal orifice when right. it could be a mouth or it could be an anus yeah. or it could just be a sheath that the person is fucking themselves with. Right. Have you seen the DI? No, wait. DIY's dildo video we did on Sexplanations came after the toy vaginas. Have you seen toy vaginas? I, oh, man. Oh, Eric, it's Maybe. so entertaining. I don't think so. You got to watch it. You can make a Fifi out of a glove. I could see that. Where you blow it up and you essentially turn it into these two butt cheeks. I'm excited. I'm excited right, for yeah. you to see this. All right, yeah, I'm and excited too. try them out. Too. My favorite was, what did I do? I took a glass... And then I took two sponges, which you could moisten with warm water, and you wrap a rubber band around them. And then I put bubble wrap in between the sponges. So the sponges kind of make the pressure of the tissue that's inside an orifice. The bubble wrap kind of made that uh, smooth texture. And then you put that into a glass to kind of hold its shape, and then you can penetrate it. Yeah. I know I'm doing a her- terrible job of describing it right now. No, if you it's watch pretty, the video yeah. or if you do it, ah, so good. Right. I just fingered it and I, I thought, yep, You're yep, like, oh, that's similar. That'll yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do. Um 
Let's see. Mm. Scientific term for not being able to label yourself? Other. <laughs> Miscellaneous. Um, I don't know. Scientific term. That's. There's one that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Uh, pomosexual, P-O-M-O, Ooh, which is short for postmodern. And that's referring to people who reject, avoid, or don't fit into any sexual orientation or label. But it's yeah. interesting to me that we're looking for a label for people who don't want labels. Right. <laughs> it just, I mean, try to use the word anarchy in there or <laughs> yeah. what's the other? Uh, there's, it reminds me of like anarchy and atheism. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's some Latin rooted well, word be, in right, there. Right, because the prefix a yeah. is meaning without. So a label. Man, let's think of this and just coin it right now. <laughs> I tried. I tried to come up with something. I think I said ineffable. I said a label because the prefix no, there you go. a means without. So without a label. Okay, there are two more questions I have for you. But All before right. I do that, we're going to do some group kegels. Feel your kegels if you're able. Main squeeze. Or kegels, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I'm going to read this plug from Fun Kit Toys because they're really amazing, and they've sponsored um, a handful of episodes here. They have just been really awesome in terms of supporting explanations and making sure that there's a product out there that's body-friendly and um, pretty. They're so pretty. So while we do that, while I read it, you can just work your PCs. Just squeeze them, mm-hmm. relax them, and squeeze them, and relax them. Just give a steady beat to yourself. I'm going to read. Here we go. Fun Kit Toys makes body-safe modulars experiments in platinum silicone with a new toy every month. There's always more ways to play. Use one toy as a handle or attach a bullet vibe holder. Stick two together for a double-ended toy. Fun Kit Toys are designed to anatomy regardless of gender and come in up to six hand-mixed colors as unique as you are. I mean, that's what I have on them, but there's so much more to say. So Fun Kit Toys is actually sending me 50-something handmade paddles that they designed. Interesting. Are you still doing your kegels? Yeah, yeah, I was still doing my kegels. <laughs> and they, they engraved Stay Curious on them, which is Ooh. so cool. I know I get to send them to our Patreon people. Um, they also make plugs and um well the attachments that they're talking about where you can stick things together and you can put different beads and strands of rainbow colored silicone inside of them it's like the voltron of sex toys tell me what that means to you well voltron was a cartoon character do i not know voltron am i not a true child of the 80s no you are was it the 80s or the 90s probably a little bit of both okay voltron is a cartoon cartoon character when they when all the little pieces would come together and they would form Voltron when they had to really lay the law down. Uh, so it was like Captain four, Planet? Very similar, except they all had Captain Planet just every they sum up Captain Planet. You know, each mm-hmm. one of them gets together and they sum up Captain Planet. Oh with their rings. With their yeah, rings. Yeah, okay. Voltron, Voltron every like they're machines. They're almost like Transformers. Okay. They're like generic Transformers. And they, they have, when they, they come they together, together, they, yeah, they are like, Voltron. Yeah, they physically like piece together. Oh my goodness. Fun yep. Kit Toys totally needs to make the Voltron. It sounds like they already do. Well, I mean. Well, yeah, but I'm talking essence. about like take every single one of them and figure out a way to attach them all together. And then that is Voltron. That's the Voltron 
family pack series. There you go. The Voltron. The Voltron sex toy. Yeah. Maybe don't start with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what does Voltron do in this cartoon? Fights evil? Yeah, pretty it's much. Yeah, it's, yeah, Voltron's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a good guy. Who's the nemesis? I don't. I can't remember. All right. Standard cartoon nemesis. Mm. Bad guys. Wiley Coyote. Uh, yes. <laughs> One of those. One of those. Keep doing your kegels. Yeah. All they right. feel great because I think I just got a hemorrhoid not too long ago. So oh, man. There helps keep them in there. <laughs> <laughs> Added bonus. Yeah. Listening to Sexplanations podcast. We'll take care of your hemorrhoids. Last two questions. One, please talk to me more about polyamorous relationships and sex with three or more people. I need help. Yeah, polyamory is a tough one. You know, it takes a lot of communi- – it's hard. It takes a lot of communication and people need to be on the same page – you know, to keep that whole relationship ideal alive Mm -hmm. within themselves. It's common human instinct sometimes for that to, I I think personally, for that to be a great ideal and something people want to pursue. And once they start pursuing it, it gets a little interesting and weighted on one side or, or the other. You know, some people get jealous or... They love the ideal of it. They love the, you know, almost the equality of it. Or mm-hmm. like, I want, I like this and this person likes this, but my other friend doesn't like this. So like, I'm just going to get this from this person and, yeah. you know, get this from person B. And, you know, what I've seen is that someone usually kind of feels like they're not, it's not as beneficial to them or they feel like they're, they're getting hurt or something. Mm-hmm. And to avoid that, I feel like, once again, I mean, it's hard to sometimes broach the subject, but like, yeah, super open, honest communication about it on both sides, even if you're the one who's getting, you know, the one who feels that, or if you're not the one who feels that and you, you know, you think everything's going fine and dandy and you're mm-hmm. really into it just, you know, maybe you should be the one to, you know, broach the subject or br- keep bringing it up and being right. like, yeah, how is this working? Or like, do you really feel like this is, is this everything you thought it was going to be? Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly work. Hmm. Relationships are work? Yeah, they're work. And now you're, you know, if you think of your traditional, you know, two people in a relationship, that's just work for two people. (laughs) Yeah, now you've got three or four. (laughs) You know, that's that much more work. Mm -hmm. Mathematically speaking, but it doesn't have, you know, obviously doesn't have to be that way. But Mm -hmm. the potential sure is there. You're getting input from much more people. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I I completely agree. I think it's such a difficult topic to just take on in a few minutes. And I always advise people to look at the books from authors that that are doing it, that are making it happen, right? So you have opening up and you have more than two and the ethical slut, et cetera, et cetera. All all these texts that really delve into the troubleshooting of those conversations and those feelings and – uh, how how do we get into it and how do we move out of it if it's not working? Yeah, and, and you just reminded me, yeah, reestablish what your goal is of it, you know? Mm. So you want to be, so you're going to go into this poly relationship. You know, there's several reasons why people do it. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, one of them, you know, is, hey, I'm really into like kinky bondage type sex, you mm-hmm. know? And your partner that you're talking with at that point, he's like, yeah, you know, like I am not into that. That does not, mm-hmm. you know? I don't want that. So you're seeking this poly relationship to fulfill, you know, kind of a certain desire that you have. Right. And, you know, we all know any sort of sexual relation 
you know, can lead to a whole lot more. So once you start breaching that, you know, you're like, oh, say, yeah, I'm falling in love with this person. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting much more of an emotional relationship out of this now than I wanted, you know, which was my originally right. why, you know, what we were here for. I was only going poly to satisfy, you know, the straight up, phys, you know, mm-hmm. sexual mm-hmm. urge or whatever. So, so reassessing. Just, so just reassessing and keeping those in check, you know, like, yeah, you're like, you're, you know, I'm emotionally super in love with you, you know, but I, I have some other needs that I want to meet and like, let's try this poly thing. And then if those guidelines or those, those reasons you sought out initially are getting, are changing, you, they should be, you should talk about them. Talk, talk with each other, people. Last question. Do you believe that it is better slash healthier for somebody questioning to not find a title on the sexual spectrum or to be open to all experiences regardless of sexual orientation or classification? Yeah, I think there's no rush to put yourself in any of those classifications. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, I think it is, you might as well, it will probably, it's fine to be questioning. questioning. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly healthy to, you know, hold back and wait and just question and see. And I think that's going to, it doesn't surprise me that these two questions are the same <laughs> question. Um, don't think that any of your, you know, experimentation or your exploits out there are going to define you in any of those categories. Mm-hmm. Don't let that hold you back from those, you know, your experimentation or whatever you're doing. Right. Well, and I think people want labels so that they can be part of a community. But I think you can have a sense of community. Go go hang out with uh, people who identify as lesbians go hang out with the queer kids. Do do the community part and decide whether or not that feels right to you, with or without a label. I hope at least yeah. that people from those communities aren't going to be like, unless you call yourself a lesbian, yeah. you don't get to hang out with us. Right, and there's certainly a, a label. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we were just talking about pansexuals. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certainly a label. The label for hanging, you know, for any of that, even if anyone who's open, you know, to these conversations or like these ideas that we're, you know, somewhat trying to like push forward or we're talking about, I don't think they're going to be, like you were saying, they're not going to, can't hang out with us unless you are like straight up lesbian and that's it. Yeah. Don't hang out with them. Yeah. Don't hang out with them then. Yeah. (laughs) They don't sound very nice. No. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be chomping at the bit to find a label. And it's you're not stuck with that label for life, even if you do find one. Yeah, so true. So wise. <laughs> Eric, you're brilliant. Thank you so much for being on the Sexplanations podcast. We have um, one more thing to do. Ready for it? Yeah. We, I don't even know we what we're need doing. to come up with some sextra credit for that. Oh, yeah, sextra credit. Yeah. Assignments are not always bad, so here's some sextra credit. So something that they can do in between episodes to work on their own sexualities, identities, expression, et cetera. All right. You don't have any of these queued up in your brain already? Oh, I do. (laughs) I can give endless homework. But what is something that has improved your own sexuality? I mean, yeah, communication. Okay. You know, that's a huge one. That's always getting worked on. So we could give them all of the questions. I'll put all the questions in the comments. And then with another human being, sit down and go through the answers. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Practice communicating Practice about communicate. sexuality. It's kind of like a, <laughs> kind of like a candid general be-all answer. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, or we could have them go cross-country yeah. skiing. 
Yeah, you can work do your, that too. Work your work body. Your, work your body. Do all the things. Do all the things. Lots of I know for me, I'm just like, I'm going to brush up on my terms and everything. You are? Because it's not, yeah. Oh. I'm going to say it's not a big deal to me mm-hmm. because I, I'm kind of lazy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, like I, you know, it's the way I treat people, interact with them is like, important. you know, that's important. And that's the, you know, that's the foundation of, you know, whatever, you know, my acceptance towards everyone, I would think. So it's not a big deal to me, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't care what people are, mm-hmm. you know, or what they identify with. But being somewhat clueless sometimes about like what those actually mean, and they do mean a lot to other people more than they mean to me. Just the verbiage and the terminology means more to other people. So I'm going to learn more about them I so like I can that. correctly not sound like such an idiot or like insensitive, you know. Mm-hmm. No one's going to know what your take is on it when you're candidly throwing around these terms and they're incorrect Mm -hmm. but basically because you're lazy (laughs) so you're gonna work toward being a good citizen and part of the 50-year solution to have universal acceptance sure in the yeah in (laughs) i feel like i'm already there in my mind Mm -hmm. but there's certain other things that people find important right well because you could be accepting but if you don't foster a language that you right. use to communicate with other individuals, then it's much more difficult to foster an environment right. of acceptance. And that is something I myself can particularly work on. So that's my, what was it? Your sex, sex credit. credit? Yeah. <laughs> sex credit. <laughs> that's a great one. Anyone else can feel free to do that too. <laughs> yeah, let's get on this 50-year plan. I'm a big fan of this. Okay, well, Eric, you have been an awesome guest. I am yeah, so very fun. grateful. Superb. Superb company, superb conversation, lots of wisdom. I hope we've all learned something. I also want to give a special thanks to Complexly for Productions, Cinema Studios. Kelly, your recording of this show and editing is so wonderful. And uh, Count Boogie, thanks for the jingles. And Cora and Paro, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm.